Mind Over John begins in just a moment, but first a preview of Regina Prime here on Spotify. Regina Prime is a sci-fi podcast with some dark themes that listeners may find disturbing. Complete content warnings can be found in our show notes. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, everybody. Uh, Welcome to my latest urban exploring vlog to all three of you who watch these videos. Uh, Quite honestly, I didn't plan on filming today, but I've gotten into this building and it's pretty dark in here so I needed the extra light from the phone and figured hey might as well film uh I I I don't want to say too much about where I am but some of you might be able to guess um I went through a side door I found open and that seems to have spit me into some kind of hallway I haven't gone very far. I just started filming as soon as I opened the door. It looks and feels like a hospital, but that's definitely not what this facility was. Uh, Mostly, I'm seeing pathways leading off into other areas and looks like some doors further down, maybe? I'm not quite sure where to start here. (laughs) This place is massive, uh, judging by the outside, and that's just what's above ground. (sighs) I I don't plan on doing too much exploring tonight, as I really just wanted to see if I could find a way that uh, didn't require me doing the breaking part of the breaking and entering. (laughs) You are now listening to Mind Over John. The views and thoughts don't necessarily reflect the views of Spotify and Disney. Parody discretion is now advised. Welcome to our first episode. I'm a poo bear and I'll be hosting as it seems. Based on my experiences as a bear I think, and John's point of view there's just no telling what may be. So let's touch base about the topic of MPG, that's miles per gallon. Now some of us drivers are using good Olay fashioned gasoline or diesel, or just maybe some could be using a hybrid, or dare I say electric. Personally I'm a poo bear, so I only drive everyone crazy, or so I'm told by Christopher Robin. Say poo. With the rise of fuel ever still growing gone now are the excuses to improve. And you know as I ponder why not take a stroll into the hundred acre woods, it's nice and quiet or consider this question which I do so very often. Where's the honey and how do I get more honey? No, I'm not being selfish as you are so quick to look at me with a frowny face, but seriously how will my food get to me? Now I want your honesty from this point forward, will you just admit it, instead of second guessing? All things to consider, I can have my honey delivered right to my door versus getting it myself. Come now, you don't expect little me crawling about asking for honey all day, do you? Between you and me, I found this fruit that Christopher uses called Dan, I bury anyhow this thing jigglows and he smacks it about even flicks it a bit, and then I Tinkerbell swear an oath to honesty to blatant magic, it ordered lunch and promised a delivery time. Look I could care less what it's called, I say order lunch and lunch appears, that's magic. Apu it's not an iBerry, as you said it's an iPhone, better known as an Apple iPhone. Abs freaking lootly rubbish. Then call it an iApple, but I don't see it. Don't see what poo? It don't look or smell like an apple, probably doesn't even grow on trees. You're overthinking this poo. It's symbolism, they taunted you with it and you want a desire to have it. It's a really really a big promotional release so they dance and play dress up to match things to go along with it and they literally celebrate by making you buy more of it with new colors to match. 
Why would they go to all this trouble? That's the honeypot, or the sweet spot that devours the soul you can't resist. You had me at honey. Ooh, my apologies Pooh, that analogy made your tumbly grumble. Do you think if I were I done no corner this, I bury, or was it, I phone, or app like and trick and get some honey? This is so confusing. Ooh, it's not all that bad, just have to learn the swipe and you'll be fine. Probably best never saw a blackberry. A blackberry? You mean those itty bitty with little pieces of fruit? It was so long ago, but an entire keyboard was on the bottom. It was said people were addicted long before the apple and they just couldn't put it down. Busy busy businesses had to adopt ideas and methods to let this thing into manage life. And yes literally life decisions by mail purchasing and remembering scheduling and organizational by way of lotus notes. Growl gone so far gone is the Blackberry Domino servers. Who the memories run deep. Are you okay? This seems like a pain point versus a fond memory. I'll be okay poo, it was a dark period in the industry to jump from Domino. But we pushed and pushed and then a new shadow emerged, the mighty powerful and small android. Who the stories I could tell you. A story you say? I got time. Very well Pooh, but we're getting a bit sidetracked. Here's a tidbit an android was named by flavors of desserts to excite and crave the next release making it better and extremely more useful. Though like we see across the spectrum. But glitches came with headaches and early versions crashed AD rebooted frequently which made the user and developers on edge. It just seemed to be that sometimes an app wouldn't work right so that made the phone flip out and fizzle freeze into oblivion. I, that's a bit overwhelming. Maybe I'll just stick with the fruit. Ha, ah, good one, but even the mighty apple falls from the tree of knowledge and goes bad. Here's the thing Pooh, like an android this apple also has and had share of bugs. Bugs? Oh no. No no oh no Pooh not literal bugs. Here's the thing, we accept the flaws that no matter how much or little we spend a hiccup will come. We also understand over time the problem will be fixed in the future. That's a lot to take in. But surely I can cut a deal. A trade perhaps. Honey for a picture. See that's where I'm confused. What kind of picture could I give to get honey? Think think think, um that got me thinking I- The night time is when the hundred acre woods comes to life. You know the dark spooky side that is. It's really a shame more don't know or to experience what lays beyond the shadows. Do you think, nah, but could you consider the possibilities one could make endless money if I could make up a ride? Now hold on Pooh, you may be onto something there. Uno do tell. What if this is a dream sequence of sorts that gets darker and creepier by the moment and as the ride progresses we hear your mannerisms echo and trail off perhaps from added depth we toss in Piglet's signature. Oh dear. As it picks up speed into a high speed drop in twist and turns in the dark while grasping the hearts of the rider with intensity and hope by releasing a faint familiar smell of honey and that is when the calm serenity of euphoria sweeps in when you slam right into the honey pot. I wanna ride. Me to poo, me too. At last it was a mere dream. But anytime you want to experience it just replay a click a- My, my such a tease. Oops, I think we have derailed off this track. Though I'm not to be blamed with a rumbly in my tumbly. So what's next? It would appear John had something in or around his mind about an ick in all the things he spells out as a SUV. What's a SUV? Sports utility vehicle. I, who what now? It's part car part truck. Very roamy so they swear, just don't turn too tight or a flippy whippy you shall go. See humans are weird. Well you know there are also hybrids too. A hybrid? Funny thing poo, one of the most influential was a Pruis so popular it part of mega joke. Who is it funny? Oh I can't repeat that, you have to experience it on your own. 
Look up Jeff Dunham on Netflix or YouTube. Oh, bother, homework. It's not all that bad poo, but some older models had a glitch of backwards dark magic. The dark arts. Huffer lumps and wuzzles, I just knew it. They steal honey and people petal or gas or whatever you use. No no poo, remember we opened with MPG. Right. More poo goo. No, no, miles per gallon, see poo, in the older models when we fill the tanks a computer known as the ECU, electronic control unit, well, it would calculate what to have and the distance it was believed you could go. Ah, you mean from A to Z, right? That's right poo, anyways it was determined when a driver was idle like park or neutral then, dark evil magic kicked in. Think of it like an eraser blindfolded rapidly erasing gas by mere seconds. Yips, my honey. Exactly poo, and the really weird scary thing that is still going on today. This is just part of why a creative intuitive exists today, to do better for the earth. Sounds like a awful load of work, can't you just walk it off? Not that simple poo, we are all part of it all. Right. The circle of life? Um no, more like the carousel of progress. <laughs> There's a great big beautiful tomorrow. Shining at the end of every day, there's a big beautiful tomorrow, and tomorrow is just a dream away. Man has a dream, and that's the start. He follows his dream with mind and heart. And when it becomes a reality, it's a dream come true for you and me. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow, shining at the end of every day. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow and tomorrow is just a dream away. For you see poo, we continue our innovations trying new things every day and our home from charging our cars from the stations to the stars from above is sheer determination to do better and will it remains our common goal. Our future is within our grasp. As we charge forward on the rails of time, we can step out of our comfort zones and walk a new path one that is beneficial and cleaner such as light rail, Brightline and Amtrak attempt to achieve and all the countless trains in the city brining hope and promises of a greener cleaner and interconnected to the circle of life. Yes poop the circle of life. And now we continue with chapter 22 of Around World in 80 Days. Please stand by. The Carnatic, setting sail from Hong Kong at half past six on the 7th of November, directed her course at full steam towards Japan. She carried a large cargo and a well-filled cabin of passengers. Two staterooms in the rear were, however, unoccupied, those which had been engaged by Felice Fogg. The next day a passenger with a half-stupefied eye, staggering gait, and disordered hair, was seen to emerge from the second cabin, and to totter to a seat on deck. It was Passepartout, and what had happened to him was as follows, shortly after Fix left the opium den, two waiters had lifted the unconscious Passepartout, and had carried him to the bed reserved for the smokers. Three hours later, pursued even in his dreams by a fixed idea, the poor fellow awoke, and struggled against the stupefying influence of the narcotic. That out of a duty unfulfilled shook off his torpor, and he hurried from the abode of drunkenness. Staggering and holding himself up by keeping against the walls, falling down and creeping up again, and irresistibly impelled by a kind of instinct, he kept crying out, the Carnatic. The Carnatic. The steamer lay puffing alongside the quay, on the point of starting. Passepartout had but few steps to go, and, rushing upon the plank, he crossed it, and fell unconscious on the deck, just as the Carnatic was moving off. Several sailors, who were evidently accustomed to this sort of scene, carried the poor Frenchman down into the second cabin, and Passepartout did not wake until they were 150 miles away from China. Thus he found himself the next morning on the deck of the Carnatic, and eagerly inhaling the exhilarating sea breeze. The pure air sobered him. 
He began to collect his sense, which he found a difficult task, but at last he recalled the events of the evening before, Fix's revelation, and the opium house. It is evident, said he to himself, that I have been abominably drunk. What will Mr. Fogg say? At least I have not missed the steamer, which is the most important thing. Then, as Fix occurred to him, as for that rascal, I hope we are well rid of him, and that he has not dared, Ash proposed, to follow us on board the Carnatic. A detective on the track of Mr. Fogg, accused of robbing the Bank of England. P. Shaw, Mr. Fogg is no more a robber than I am a murderer. Should he divulge Fix's real errand to his master? Would it do to tell the part the detective was playing? Would it not be better to wait until Mr. Fogg reached London again, and then impart to him that an agent of the Metropolitan Police had been following him round the world, and have a good laugh over it. No doubt, at least, it was worth considering. The first thing to do was to find Mr. Fogg, and apologize for his singular behavior. Passepartout got up and proceeded, as well as he could with the rolling of the steamer, to the after deck. He saw no one who resembled either his master or Alda. Good, muttered he. Alda has not got up yet, and Mr. Fogg has probably found some partners at whist. He descended to the saloon. Mr. Fogg was not there. Passepartout had only, however, to ask the purser the number of his master's stateroom. The purser replied that he did not know any passenger by the name of Fogg. I beg your pardon, said Passepartout persistently. He is a tall gentleman, quiet, and not very talkative, and has with him a young lady. There is no young lady on board, interrupted the purser. Here is a list of the passengers. You may see for yourself. Passepartout scanned the list, but his master's name was not upon it. All at once an idea Ah, am I on the Carnatic? Yes. On the way to Yokohama? Certainly. Passepartout had for an instant feared that he was on the wrong boat, but, though he was really on the Carnatic, his master was not there, he fell thunderstruck on a seat. He saw it all now. He remembered that the time of sailing had been changed, that he should have informed his master of that fact, and that he had not done so. It was his fault, then, that Mr. Fogg had missed the steamer. Yes, but it was still more the fault of the traitor who, in order to separate him from his master, and detain the latter at Hong Kong, had inveigled him into getting drunk. He now saw the detective's trick, and at this moment Mr. Fogg was certainly ruined, his bet was lost, and he himself perhaps arrested and imprisoned. At this thought Passepartout tore his hair. Ah, if Fix ever came within his reach, what a settling of accounts there would be. After his first depression, Passepartout became calmer, and began to study his situation. It was certainly not an enviable one. He found himself on the way to Japan, and what should he do when he got there? His pocket was empty, he had not a solitary shilling, not so much as a penny. His passage had fortunately been paid for in advance, and he had five or six days in which to decide upon his future course. He fell to at meals with an appetite, and ate for Mr. Fogg, Auda, and himself. He helped himself as generously as if Japan were a desert, where nothing to eat was to be looked for. At dawn on the 13th the Carnatic entered the port of Yokohama. This is an important port of call in the Pacific, where all the mail steamers, and those carrying travelers between North America, China, Japan, and the Oriental Islands put in. It is situated in the Bay of Yedo, and at but a short distance from that second capital of the Japanese Empire, and the residence of the Tycoon, the civil emperor, before the Mikado, the spiritual emperor, absorbed his office in his own. The Carnatic, anchored at the quay near the Custom House, in the midst of a crowd of ships bearing the flags of all nations. 
Passepartout went timidly ashore on this so curiously territory of the Sons of the Sun. He had nothing better to do than, taking chance for his guide, to wander aimlessly through the streets of Yokohama. He found himself at first in a thoroughly European quarter, the houses having low fronts, and being adorned with verandas, beneath which he caught glimpses of neat peristyles. This quarter occupied, with its streets, squares, docks, and warehouses, all the space between the promontory of the treaty and the river. Here, as at Hong Kong and Calcutta, were mixed crowds of all races, Americans and English, Chinamen and Dutchmen, mostly merchants ready to buy or sell anything. The Frenchman felt himself as much alone among them as if he had dropped down in the midst of Hottentots. He had, at least, one resource, to call on the French and English consuls at Yokohama for assistance. But he shrank from telling the story of his adventures, intimately connected as it was with that of his master, and, before doing so, he determined to exhaust all other means of aid. As chance did not favor him in the European quarter, he penetrated that inhabited by the native Japanese, determined, if necessary, to push on to Yedo. The Japanese quarter of Yokohama is called Benton, after the goddess of the sea, who is worshipped on the islands roundabout. There Passepartout beheld beautiful fir and cedar groves, sacred gates of a singular architecture, bridges half hid in the midst of bamboos and reeds, temples shaded by immense cedar trees, holy retreats where were sheltered Buddhist priests and sectaries of Confucius, and interminable streets, where a perfect harvest of rose-tinted and red-cheeked children, who looked as if they had been cut out of Japanese screens, and who were playing in the midst of short-legged poodles and yellowish cats, might have been gathered. The streets were crowded with people. Priests were passing in processions, beating their dreary tambourines, police and custom house officers with pointed hats encrusted with lac and carrying two sabers hung to their waists, soldiers, clad in blue cotton with white stripes, and bearing guns, the Mikado's guards, enveloped in silken doubles, hauberks and coats of mail, and numbers of military folk of all ranks, for the military profession is as much respected in Japan as it is despised in China, went hither and thither in groups and pairs. Passepartout saw, too, begging friars, long-robed pilgrims, and simple civilians, with their warped and jet black hair, big heads, long busts, slender legs, short stature, and complexions varying from copper color to a dead white, but never yellow, like the Chinese, from whom the Japanese widely differ. He did not fail to observe the curious equipages, carriages and palanquins, barrows supplied with sails, and litter made of bamboo, nor the women, whom he thought not especially handsome, who took little steps with their little feet, whereon they wore canvas shoes, straw sandals, and clogs of work wood, and who displayed tight-looking eyes, flat chests, teeth fashionably blackened, and gowns crossed with silken scarfs tied in an enormous knot behind an ornament which the modern Parisian ladies seemed to have borrowed from the Danes of Japan. Passepartout wandered for several hours in the midst of this motley crowd, looking in at the windows of the rich and curious shops, the jewelry establishments glittering with quaint Japanese ornaments, the restaurants decked with streamers and banners, the tea houses, where the odorous beverage was being drunk with sake, a liquor concocted from the fermentation of rice, and the comfortable smoking houses, where they were puffing, not opium, which is almost unknown in Japan, but a very fine, stringy tobacco. He went on till he found himself in the fields, in the midst of vast rice plantations. There he saw dazzling camellias expanding themselves, with flowers which were giving forth their last colors and perfumes, not on bushes, but on trees, and within bamboo enclosures, cherry, plum, and apple trees, which the Japanese cultivate rather for their blossoms than their fruit, and which queerly fashioned, grinning scarecrows protected from the sparrows, pigeons, ravens, and other voracious birds. 
On the branches of the cedars were perched large eagles, amid the foliage of the weeping willows were herons, solemnly standing on one leg, and on every hand were crows, ducks, hawks, wild birds, and a multitude of cranes, which the Japanese consider sacred and which to their minds symbolize long life and prosperity. As he was strolling along, Passepartout espied some violets among the shrubs. Good, said he, I'll have some supper. But, on smelling them, he found that they were odorless. No chance there, thought he. The worthy fellow had certainly taken good care to eat as hearty a breakfast as possible before leaving the Carnatic, but, as he had been walking about all day, the demands of hunger were becoming importunate. He observed that the butcher's stalls contained neither mutton, goat, nor pork, and, knowing also that it is a sacrilege to kill cattle, which are preserved solely for farming, he made up his mind that meat was far from plentiful in Yokohama, nor was he mistaken, and, in default of butcher's meat, he could have wished for a quarter of wild boar or deer, a partridge, or some quails, some game or fish, which, with rice, the Japanese eat almost exclusively. But he found it necessary to keep up a stout heart, and to postpone the meal he craved till the following morning. Night came, and Passepartout re-entered the native quarter, where he wandered through the streets, lit by vari-colored lanterns, looking on at the dancers, who were executing skillful steps and boundings, and the astrologers who stood in the open air with their telescopes. Then he came to the harbour, which was lit up by the resin torches of the fishermen, who were fishing from their boats. The streets at last became quiet, and the patrol, the officers of which, in their splendid costumes, and surrounded by their suites, Passepartout thought seemed like ambassadors, succeeded the bustling crowd. Each time a company passed, Passepartout chuckled, and said to himself, Good, another Japanese embassy departing for Europe. That concludes chapter 22. A reminder this series has been enhanced with Plotagon and Orgy. Mind Over John is an audio drama created for Spotify but shared on all networks. Make sure you subscribe so you're automatically notified of our next chapter release. One last thing, your feedback is vital for this series to grow. So, you, I need your feedback. Open the browser and type mindoverjohn.substack.com. Now I offer you a chance to be heard, bet you didn't know you can talk to us on voicemail, that's right your voice heard across the galaxy. Until next chapter, stream on.